Welcome to Sustainable 226. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 226. All how the devil are you? Um. Mm. I have been better. You've been doing some poos, haven't you? Not really. <laughs> I've been doing, <laughs> been doing some. Oh, I don't want to be that guy. Um, Patreon supporters, yeah, can. Uh, we'll, we'll send you an update specifically on what's happened. Oh, hasn't been very well. And I'm not very well either. I've got a little chesty infection going on. So between us, you're very lucky you've got any babble at all. But we shall carry on and bring babble unto the nation because verily there is a gas price crisis going on. Oh, there is. You may have noticed, if you're in the UK, that uh, the entire economy seems to be going down the pan uh motorists are running on fumes um gas prices well are affected by the the gas market which doesn't appear to be very liquid at the moment it's <laughs> solidly Christ. heading north Jesus. Uh, that's all of the horrible poo puns i've got but the point is there are two crises simultaneously going on one is the shortage of gas meaning that things are getting very expensive when you want gas and indeed when you want electricity and the other is the shortage not shortage of petrol which is making driving very expensive and people pull knives on each other at petrol stations um so we're going to talk about that yes and of course the climate crisis is also going on all and those two things the climate crisis the crisis never heard of it the climate crisis yeah it turns out oh yeah you might not have picked this up the Guardian have had a little feature or two about it but there's no reason you would have seen it apparently there's a climate crisis going on I'm more of a daily sport kind of guy. Right, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, those other crises, which I accept are larger, are of course intimately related to the climate crisis. We're going to talk about all of that, aren't we, all? Yes. Just before any of that, the usual disclaimer, we do work for environmental charities, don't we? We do. But these are very much our own views. So if anything that you hear gives you long feces, I mean faces, take it up with Ol and me directly, but not with anyone for whom we work, yes? I'm so hungry. (laughs) I'm so, so hungry. Poor little kitten. We are a listener-supported podcast, so if you want to chuck in your hard-earned dosh to help us eat some white bread and bananas, you can do so by going to wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainable, yes? Very good. Right on with it. Inhofe of the Week. Right, so Inhof of the Week, this is the section where we look for people who have been bad puppies. Bad specifically, because like the senator in America, James Inhofe, they've done something dastardly, such as claiming climate change isn't a thing because there's snow outside. Now, we had somebody asking us what an Inhofe was the other week, yes. um, which, you know, fair enough. Although, every time we mention Inhofe, I think we say who he is but obviously obviously not enough anyway the point is it prompted me to look up James Inhofe the senator on Wikipedia and there I found the great news that he has announced his retirement woo in six years how old is he now Uh, 86 he's just about (laughs) to turn 87 he's going to turn 87 in November and he said he's going to retire at the end of his current term which is in, in six years, when he's 93. When he's 93. 
The good news is we're not going to make it to 2027. So it doesn't matter. What, humanity? Babel yes. will, but humanity won't. You think the Babel will be like, a, there'll be a couple of cockroaches with an antenna on their back walking around and Dave and Old broadcasting to the two other people who are somehow carving out a living in this hellhole? Yes. Good. Well, do get in touch with us if that's you when the apocalypse comes. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll read your email out, probably. Yes, Inhofe of the week. Who has been a beast? I'll tell you who's been awful this week. Oh, it's off, Gem. Right. For 10 points, tell mm. me what Ofgem stands for. Uh, office. Well, sorry, yes. Of <laughs> I thought you were going to do Electricity markets or something. What did I you say? Something of gas and electricity market or something. Is that right? That's probably right. I was of- thinking about it earlier. Official and regulator. Even, I, I, would, I got as far as office for gas and electricity, and then I was like, what's the M? Maintenance mechanisms, meerkats. Now, most people in the UK won't know what an off-gem is, and most people around the world definitely won't know what an off-gem is. An off-gem is a government regulatory body. Play the sexy government regulatory body musical. Ooh, yeah. Which is in charge of... Energy. Yeah, it's, it's the energy regulator, it's called. The energy it? regulator. And, and not insofar as, like, uh, you know, checking what wind turbines go in which hills, but making sure that consumers, us, the great consumer, the great rabid consuming public, are not getting done up the wazoo because of bad companies. So it regulates what companies do, pretty much. Yes? Yeah, on their website they say, we work to protect energy consumers, especially vulnerable people. I feel quite vulnerable at the moment, but I don't think that's what they mean. No. By ensuring they are treated fairly and benefit from a cleaner, greener environment. Right. Good. And the reason why they are in Hoffs is because the other day, 255,000 people on my WhatsApp feed and Facebook feed um, went berserk because they woke up to discover that their energy company, which was called Green... <laughs> And, and we can come to green in a minute. <laughs> yeah. um, but actually, no, legitimately, I think, let's get this out of the way, legitimately was a, was, the operative word, a nice green company. What did green stuff? I think they're pretty good. On account of how, like, lots of the greenies that bang on about this stuff that I know were signed up to them. So I'm kind of assuming they had some creds in that regard. Anyway, they were a green energy company. It's kind of academic whether they were green or not, because they ain't no more. They have gone under like other energy companies have done. And they woke up all of the customers, 255,000 of green, to discover that their energy, which they had previously bought with green because they wanted it to be... Green? Is now going to be supplied by... Now, now, look, before we get on to the next section, which I'm looking forward to because I've seen Dave's prep notes for this and it's basically Dave switched to angry mode with a typewriter. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to wind him up and let him go. But, but before we get on to that, we should like get out of the way that obviously all of these energy companies going bust means lots of people losing their jobs. And that's not a good thing. Like, So we're not, we don't want to trivialise the whole the fact that like this massive kind of disruption to gas prices and stuff is meaning that a lot of shit is hitting big fans i didn't mean to bring messy poo into it again okay um but yeah it's bad it's obviously bad uh and we're yeah sorry yes um and should we talk about 
Well, there's all sorts of stuff to talk about. Where should we start? Let's get out of the way. Off-Gem's role in all this, right? So Off-Gem and Off-Gem are not really the in-hoffs. If you're sorry for Off-Gem. No, Off-Gem are dealing... I, off-gem, they aren't in-hoffs at all, actually. They're no, not in-hffs at all. I just wanted to I'm use them as a way to start the story. I was about yeah. to have a go at you, but now I won't. But they're the people who basically are in charge of, I think, the mechanism by which if an energy company goes bust, you get instantly transferred off to another one. And what I did, I did like that Shell, because, you know, this is the sort of thing Shell would do. Shell were really happy to get in contact with all of these new people from green that were now Shell's customers and go, no, so I don't panic because we're green too. We're green too. We've got 100% renewable electricity. <laughs> Oh, that's funny because I. Oh, this shows how rubbish my memory is. But I thought Shell were the company that drilled for oil and stuff. No, no well, wrong Shell. No, no, no. I mean they around the edges, but they're basically a, basically a renewable energy company. It's basically right. what they are. Oh, yeah, with a, with nice. a dedicated hundred percent mission, not drilling oil no more, but instead to giving. Renewable electricity. Yeah. It's one of these things I can't be doing we're going into. We need to do we need to do a whole other thing about like energy companies. In fact, go and listen to our episode with Juliet Davenport. I think we talked about this. Like That's right. saying yeah. that their energy is renewable when it isn't. Cut a long story short, it isn't. It's it is it's not renewable electricity, but they've bought a certificate off a bloke which allows them to say that it is, because that bloke had one because he at some point made some green energy. Uh and yeah, it's a weird world because there there is there are a couple of companies who actually own wind turbines and stuff mm. and get electricity off of them and put them into the grid. But but pretty much all of the other ones do some weird shenanigans with certificates and things, which Dave understands and I don't. Ah, I think we've just encountered the middle of this conversation. <laughs> I did just want to say that off gem were on the case, they understood the pain that the former customers of Green might be going through, and they said this. We understand that this news may be unsettling for customers. Yeah, I think unsettling's a word, isn't it? Unsettling's a word for waking up and discovering that your energy, what you thought was green, is now being supplied by Shell. Welcome back, Arabella, by the way. How old is Arabella now? Uh, She is 12. Crikey! Incidentally, we are recording... Uh, on the date of baby old number one's fifth birthday. And when we started this podcast, the first time Arabella spoke, she was five. When we started this podcast, you'd never had sexual intercourse. (laughs) You've done very well. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to rise to that, as it were. Uh, Yes, welcome back, Arabella. Thank you very much uh, for reading out the babble. Look! One What's other, going on? What's what, going on? Well, one other thing that uh, I saw someone ranting about on Twitter, which I think is a fair point, is that I would quite like to know how it was decided that it was Shell that got this lot. Because it's not like every energy company other than Shell has gone bust. Like, there are plenty of other energy companies <laughs> around. And obviously, they've just got, they've hoovered up, what is it, 250,000 new yeah. customers. And I think that they reckon that's going to be about 250 million quid a year. So well, that's good. Well, that's sure. gone well for Shell. Like how, how did Ofgem, I know I said they're not the in-offs, but how did they just decide it was Shell that got them? I would like to know the answer to that because um, I would like somebody else who isn't Shell to have got them, frankly. Well, anyway, so what is actually going on here is not Ofgem being, being in-offs. They're not in-offs. They're just doing their job, right? The in-offs are, in proximate order, Vladimir Putin, Margaret Thatcher, dead dinosaurs and life itself. 
right? Golly. So it's one hell of a front four, isn't it? Two things are going on. They're not related, really, um, but they are both happening at the same time. And so we want to talk about, this, about them at the same time. Thing it's number very, one, it's very 2021, isn't it? Like Now yes. our crises, even when completely unrelated, are beginning to unfold simultaneously. Yeah, we have to, we'll have to cover two crises, two distinct crises in one episode, just to make sure we're keeping up. So crisis number one is the gas price. The price of gas has got really, really, really high. And we're going to look at that. And we're going to look at whether or not it is because of or not because of climate change, right? And then the other thing that's going on is everyone is buying all the petrol because they're worried it will run out if they don't buy the petrol, which means it is going to run out. Um, and so everyone's buying it because it's running out, but it's only running out because they're buying it. Yes? So, uh, one more time. Right, let's talk about this gas business then. So, yes. gas is important for two reasons. In the UK, and I appreciate this may well be different, oh. is different, lots of places. Oh. What? We need to say and think, a thing before we go any further, we need to, dis- now we have American listeners. Oh, now when we're uh, saying yeah. the gas price, now we are talking about the gas that you think we're talking about, but that's different. We're talking about gas as in see-through uh, stuff comes out of your hob when you make some soup. Yeah, that they're gas. variously called natural gas. I mean, it's basically methane, I think. Uh, is that right? Yeah, 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 basically, I think. Actually, uh, you know what? Don't know. No, I anyway, think it is. On. I think it's mainly methane. Um, and, yeah, it's used to heat things in homes, so yes. either cooking or heating uh, the water that goes in your boiler, mm. in your radiators, etc., etc. Uh, so very reliant on that. And? And it is also, in here in the UK, burned in power stations to generate electricity. And since the UK has actually to you know, be vaguely upbeat about the UK for once. Given coal pretty much the total heave-ho from electricity generation in very short order, we are now very reliant on gas. We get about half of our electricity from gas. So when the price of gas goes up, uh, what that means for people in their homes is that the cost of the actual gas that is is piped to their homes goes up and the uh, cost of the electricity that comes to their homes also goes up. So it's not good. The price of actual gas, what is actually bought, has gone up by something like 250% or something in the last, it, it's going to say, year. In the hundreds, yes. it's, it's a lot, right? Now, in the UK at least, you have not, I mean, energy bills have gone up. You would expect both your gas bill. Oh, this is exciting, isn't it? Are we being boring? We'll carry on. Um, you would expect both your gas bill and your electricity bill. This, certainly, to... this is certainly the kind of episode where I'm at risk of being intensely dull. So, uh, okay. How do we do this in a fun mm. way? Uh, let's do a quiz. Let's do <laughs> Dave asks all about the gas and electricity market quiz. Oh God. Okay. Right. Good. Okay. So, what is an energy price cap? All. Oh, know this one. I know right. this one. Now, it's uh, it's something that the Red Menace want you to have. And when Ed Miliband said it, uh, the Daily Mail went absolutely nuts and said, basically, uh, this is communism. But then the Tories did it, um, so it's fine. Now, what it is, is not what it sounds like it is. Uh, and not how it's kind of reported. Because lots of stuff is written about it, which suggests that there is a cap on the total amount that you can pay for your electricity um, and, and your gas during the course of a year. And it's not that... It's just that there is a cap on how much each unit 
of those things can be uh, charged for, if you see what I mean. So if you're, so like, if you're an energy right. company, there is a limit on how much you can charge customers for each unit of electricity. Obviously, if they use loads of those units, then they pay more. If they lose, use fewer, they pay less. Oh, come on. But that's splitting heads. It's not the it's not the electricity company's fault if you decide to double your consumption of electricity. No, no, it's not. It's just that no. the way it's reported, it, it, some reason, the way it's written down, it always, I guess because they... They say, oh, for an average consumer, that means that the price cap is at like 1,037 quid a year or whatever it was, uh. which makes it sound like there is a finite amount that you can pay. But it's bollocks. It's not that. Anyway. Right. Good. Uh, yes. OK. So that's the reason that although gas prices have been massively going up and we'll come to why, I will be doing some questions about why, um, you may not have properly noticed it yet in your bill. And the price cap's going to go up by something like 12%. Basically, yeah. the, point, the point being, the main point being, why is that relevant to green going bust, Ol? Huh. Why is that relevant to green going bust? Come on. Let's think about Let's think about this. Let's imagine you were buying biscuits to sell to other people. Oh, they've right? already bought it. No. Hang on. <laughs> Carry on with the biscuits thing. <laughs> Imagine you were buying biscuits to sell to other people, right? And your job was, you were in the middle, your job was to buy biscuits and sell biscuits to other people. And the government said to you, you can't charge more than 10p per biscuit. You were like, it's all right, no problem. I bought shitloads of biscuits at 8p per biscuit. It's all fine. No problem here. I'm still going to make 2p per biscuit, right? And then the price of biscuit that you're buying goes up to 20p per biscuit. And you say to the government, uh, hello, slight problem on Got the biscuit it. front. I would like now to charge 22p per biscuit, please. And the government goes, yeah, you can't, though. Sod off. And what, what are you going to do then with all them biscuits? Um, I suppose you'd you'd make a nice buttery biscuit base, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd crunch them all up, get all Greg Wallace on their ass. I like the base, 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 base. I like the buttery biscuit base. I like the base, base, biscuit base. I like the buttery biscuit base. Good. Right, question two in All Explains the Gas and Electricity Market quiz. <laughs> why? Uh, I, give me, please, three reasons why gas prices across the whole of Europe, particularly in the UK, have gone north. There was a long winter in Europe and elsewhere, I think. But like, I don't, I don't know if you remember... I certainly do, but winter lasted until June in the UK. It just didn't kept... really ever ever stop being a thing, did it? it was Not a few really. Hot, there were, a few hot no, weeks. there was there was some very hot weather just at the point where I moved out, so right at the end of uh, June, beginning of July, and then and then August was winter again. Mm. And yeah, so we have been using more gas because it's been cold, and therefore there's less of it in reserve, and therefore, you know, as Mister Economics Head over there might say. Uh, demand. Oh, me? <laughs> yes, that's you. <laughs> demand is outstripping supply. Um, yes. Other reasons demand is outstripping supply. It's good. Oh, point of order. Point of order. What? It wasn't just that it was a cold winter here. It was a cold winter in Asia as well. So it's not just like a little island. It's yeah. like in in a lot of the places in the world that use like gas, which is a globally traded thing. Mm-hmm. It was chilly for longer. Got uh, it. Ergo, colder. Uh, no, that's what I said. Anyway, you know what I mean. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, other reason, oh, I'm a bit confused about this, but there's a lot of chat about Vladimir Putin being a knob. 
Uh, well, that's, yes. I mean, is that a controversial statement? He's no, no, knob, not, not that he is a knob. I, I'm do you reckon? Do you reckon somewhere there's some people who don't think he's a knob? Probably, eh? Uh, yes. I mean, I think I, I, there are many things I'm not expert on, and one of them is domestic politics in Russia. Mm. Uh, but we need to be a bit careful. We don't end up having door handles we can't touch, don't we? <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> Fancy trip to Salisbury. Um, <laughs> we should probably just for the future security of everything, we all dare stop talking about my Vladimir Putin's an Inhofe, right? But you, you're yeah. about to say he isn't an Inhofe anyway. Well, the, why I was going to say I'm confused is because do you remember that fracking? Yes, I do remember fracking. Go back and listen to episode two for more on fracking there you go and it was a it was a theme I kept wanting to talk about it you kept not wanting to talk about it um, but it was a thing that was happening in Britain yeah. until it wasn't yeah. about a year ago when it was finally dead now one of the things that uh, those of us who didn't want fracking said was look stop saying that you need fracking because otherwise you're reliant on Vladimir Putin for gas it's bollocks we don't really get much gas from Russia oh, we get yeah. most of it from Norway uh, quite a lot of it domestically still under the North Sea and stuff and other bits from, I don't know, other places. But we don't really get it from Russia. And uh, the government didn't listen then. But now they're all busy saying, look, we're not relying on Russia. Don't worry about it. Um, and I'm confused. Are we or aren't we reliant on Russia? <laughs> I don't... I'll level with you. I don't really know, right? But I think that... What the price of gas in a globally traded thing is kind of affected by all sorts of stuff, right? Like the more demand there is for gas, yeah, the more expensive it's going to get, all things being equal. And if you are importing anything from anywhere, what is competed with, uh, where people have the choice of buying Russian gas or non-Russian gas, like the price is going to go up. And because like you don't need to get a lot of your gas from Russia for it to affect the price that is that you are buying for more of your gas or okay. something, I think. Um or something. It's definitely a thing in Europe, but it's definitely a thing here too. So, okay. yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, but what is relevant is that Russia are, are, being, are actually being Inhofs, right? They're actually being Inhofoviches because they want <laughs> to get a new pipeline built into Europe. And Europe, Europe politicians are going, I don't know if we want you to have that pipeline. I can't have you a bunch of sodden Inhofs and I don't think we want it. And Russia are going, oh dear, well... If you don't let us build this pipeline, we're never going to be able to speed up supplies of gas. Oh, dear, look look how slow it's getting now. Look, really? <laughs> Hang on. Oh, we need a new pipeline. It's so oh. slow, this gas. There's hardly any coming out of there. Oh, that's a Imagine if you don't let us one. build that pipeline. Imagine how bad it'd get then. Other reasons that we are short on gas and gas is getting more expensive is that the UK has played a blinder by um, closing this thing, which I did not know about, which you told me about, which is a massive hole under the North Sea where we keep all of our gas. Mm, a rough gas. Yeah. What do you want to say about rough gas? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> Stop coming back. Oh, no, I shouldn't shout. I shouldn't, I shouldn't put so much pressure on my diaphragm.
Uh, yes, there used to be a thing. Basically, it used to be uh, oh, oh, gas come out of it once, and it used to be as basically as a facility. All you need to know is there's a facility where we used to store loads of gas and we shut it, so we've reduced the amount of gas we can store, which means that when things are cheap, you might have bought gas, bunged it in there for when it got expensive. We've got less capacity to do that. So that's one of the reasons that the UK's prices are more expensive than anywhere else. And it's then just it was for also... safety reasons, it should be added. I don't, I don't think it was completely boneheaded. I think no, that... no, I'm sure, it, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it wasn't. The UK never does anything boneheaded but no. uh, there was also a fire somewhere else well, well that's a different thing yeah so that's that's uh, an interconnector right Ooh, hang on oh we, we're gonna make the sexy music work hard this episode aren't we this is a different is a sexy music. episode i'll tell you what isn't this it, is isn't it isn't it this is dave and i'll talk about the electricity market i Bring thought it i thought i couldn't get more uh sort of charismatic and entertaining than when I was talking in detail with the transport geek last week. But it turns out there are depths I have not yet plumbed. Yeah, look, interconnectors. Basically, these are cables which Hmm. link up to other countries where we send electricity back and forth. Good idea. Uh, So in places like France, where they generate quite a lot of electricity by nuclear, we can sometimes get some of their nice nuclear energy when it suits us. And we can sometimes send us some of our nice wind energy when it suits... uh, Send them some of our nice wind energy when it suits us and suits them. Clever idea, really. Anyway, one of them... I like this idea of having a good trading relationship with your nearest neighbours. It sounds like it might be something we should investigate. It'll never catch on, though. Never catch on. Stop being so anti-patriotic. Anyway, I'm patriotic. Uh, Anyway, there's been a fire. One of them's caught fire, and that's bad. And so two gigawatts of electricity going either way isn't available. And that means, yeah, you've got to do more of your own uh, gas production in the UK. Next question in Ol Explains the Gas and Electricity Market quiz. Uh, Is it all the fault of renewable energy that all the price of gas and electricity has got more expensive and climate change action and stuff. No. No. No, it isn't. Actually, no. Why would it be the fault of renewable energy? Well, because I just kind of generally assume that if things are getting more expensive, someone somewhere is blaming climate change policy for it. Yeah, that's a fair point. Because they often do. Uh, I mean, electricity bills, energy bills, do include green levies. So if they were all taken out... 140 quid's worth or something like that. Yeah, if they were all taken out, then your electricity bills would be, as you say, about 140 quid cheaper. Which which now, babble policy position, is not the worst idea in the world, taking them costs off off energy bills, instead paying for them off of tax or something. That's what I think. I can't remember what I think about that. Which is fairer. uh, What I propose. Tax, yeah. 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 Fine, do that. Um, <laughs> my employers Good. listen to this. And I just, I just wonder... Your employers always listen to this, and they, they haven't been worried so far. I think I it's fine. I just wonder whether I think they think... Fine. Your employers listen to this before you went to work for them. That's true. So I don't think... That whatever it is they're employing you for, <laughs> just carry on... It's not rigour. It's not rigour. Carry on doing what you do in the babble. It seems to be working. <laughs> um Yes. Okay. So on a very straightforward level, if you stop putting green uh, levies on energy bills, then energy bills would be cheaper. But uh, yeah, and that's not really what's going on here. Ultimately, if you had more renewables, then we would be less reliant on gas. And so this crisis would not be as bad. 
Yes, uh, because now what is actually happening is it is the price of fossil fuels, not the price of renewables, what is making uh, everything get much more expensive because the marginal cost of energy and how that is calculated. Marginal cost. Look at him. Look yeah. at him. He's so excited. Marginal cost. Ow, I just poke myself in the eye. Ow. Bollocks. Stop hitting yourself. Take what? 30 seconds. Right. Here's the music. Right. In 30 seconds, right. explain what yes. the marginal price of energy is and why it's relevant and why it means fossil fuels are to blame for everything. Right, okay. So imagine if you were going to uh, buy loads of biscuits. No hesitations! You're going to buy loads of biscuits um, and you, uh, you, you've got loads of biscuits. You've got biscuits that cost you 10p and I come along and, and I want to buy some biscuits off you. You go, here, I've got some biscuits there, 10p, here you go. But if you run out of biscuits and you have to go and get some more biscuits, they might cost you 20p. And what's actually relevant to how much you're going to charge me is how much it costs you to buy them at the point that you sell them on to me, not how much it cost you to buy them at the point that you had them in the first place. So, therefore, the actual price of biscuits you sell to me is determined by what the actual price at that time is and not oh. how much you may have bought them for in the first place. Oh, when I wasn't really listening because I was just watching the <laughs> clock to see. <laughs> Renewable energy is cheap and free and you use that first when you're generating electricity yes, because it's cheap and free because yes. uh, it's on all the time. When you need to make more of it, the more of it you make, you put in the expensive stuff. That makes sense. That's economics. The expensive stuff is expensive. So, But that because doing one more of them is not going to cost you zero, it's going to cost you whatever the expensive bit is. Because so like you've used one, up all the free stuff. Because Yeah, so if, I'm, if I've used all the free stuff and it cost me X and now in order to get one more unit it's going to cost me 70p off something expensive, that's what the price is. That's what determines the price. The marginal cost is the cost of doing one more thing of something in practice. Okay. Okay. So that's it, right? Never and that's the thing that. that actually determines the price. How about that? Marginal is one of those words that people say, and I'm too embarrassed to know, I don't know what it means. Tom so Standage said it last week, didn't he? Talked yeah, about exactly. At the margin. Yeah. And I'm too much of a coward to say, excuse me, what does marginal mean? So I just sort of go, hmm, yeah, it's marginal. God, 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 God. Okay, let's move on. Let's cut some of this out. Boring, boring, boring stuff, right? Last question in I'll Explains the Gas and Electricity Market Quiz um, is, what do we do about it? What are solutions to all of this, to gas prices? Well, no, first of all, is it a bad thing? Is it a bad thing? What? Like, because, well, yes. is it a bad thing? Why? Yes. Because, why? Yes. Why? Because fossil fuels getting more expensive shows fossil fuels are bad, and fossil fuels getting more expensive mean people are less likely to heat their homes and waste all that energy being warm, and fossil fuels <laughs> getting more expensive means that people might make more renewables. Why is it a bad thing? Everyone's always going, people that we know will always go, the actual problem, they will say, is that energy is too cheap, not too expensive. No. That's what they'll say. That's what they'll say. They'll no, say that because people waste it. I don't know it. anyone serious who says that. I do. Well, they're not serious. You can't. They are? No. This isn't. No. No. Why then? Why? Because for so many people, like the cost of keeping warm to a level where you can function is prohibitive already. So you can't be celebrating when those costs go higher because that means people... Are you just doing this to wind me up? Yes, of course I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. So but am I actually having to explain this to you? <laughs> no, I know. But, OK, but serious point, right? There are going to be some people out there in greeny lands, I warrant, 
who I will say, who will say, okay, not it is a good idea that overnight people can't afford to put the heating on at exactly the point it gets cold, by the way. I'm sitting here with a blanket and a sodding fleece on. Not that, but what they will be now? saying. I'm in a shed that hasn't had heating in it. What? You're in a house, in a flat. It's cold. What? It's cold. My house is poorly insulated because we'll come to that as well. Oh, okay. It's cold. Um, shut up and let me make the point I've forgotten what I was making. But some people what some people might think, taking a step back from it, some people might look at all of this and go, rather than it's a good thing, they might go, look at this bonkers system and what is happening here. A Martian might come down and go, right, let me get this right. So you've got a system whereby you dig up dead dinosaurs, you put them in pipes, you ship them around the world, people set fire to those dead dinosaurs, um, and then the problem is that because the dead dinosaurs are more expensive, you're all getting cold, or you can't afford to eat your house. And But you have got other ways of doing it, but you're not doing it that way, because one of the reasons you're not doing it that way is because dead dinosaurs have always been nice and cheap. And a Martian might go... Well, obviously, that's going to happen at some point, isn't it? That them dead dinosaurs are going to run out. So you have to deal with this anyway. If you look at it as a system, the fact that fossil fuels are getting more expensive is only vindication of the need to get off them. Yes? I'm not saying that is good for... I'm not saying it is a good thing. But I am saying that. Yeah. On a very narrow and sort of... Oh, come on, you can agree with me. You can do it. So repeat after me. I agree with you, Dave. Come on, try it. Try it. In, Wrap your in mouth around. One, if you look at this in you one very particular way and quite quietly so that no one notices, <laughs> then yes, you I would... suppose that's right. Good. That's all we've got time for in this week's <laughs> It is nice for once for like a fossil fuel to be the bad guy. I take that. Like, it's, it's nice that get, everyone's going, God, bloody gas. OK, so what should we do about it then, if you think it's such a bad thing? Uh, should we have war with Russia? No, I don't think we should do that. Is that likely? Are Russia looking for a fight? Don't they just want money? They're looking of... for a fight, aren't they? They're always going to no, bring it. Just, they just OK, they should, we, should we have loads more renewables everywhere? Yes. OK, should we do that overnight? Yes. Good, that's that sorted. Um, shall, <laughs> we scrap, shall we scrap our entire approach to energy and start again with a nationalised energy industry? Don't know. Under which the government permanently underwrites the cost of energy, energy thus guaranteeing oh, cheap fuel it. for people yeah, who need well, it by subsidising it. Should we do that? Probably, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are, there are lots of lefty greenies who say, yes, have a nationalised energy system, and I tend to agree with those people on lots of things, so probably yes. But I don't... I, I get the feeling it's more complicated than that and it might not necessarily be great to have it nationalised. I don't know. Um, someone will write in and tell me why I'm both wrong, right and stupid altogether. Uh, should we insulate everyone's homes? Yes! So that we don't this have is, to use... This is the thing. Look, and I'll have you know that I was the one who put this in the prep doc because you didn't bloody think of it yourself. Yes! You always, you always talk about this and you do it. You're always banging on about insulating homes. I'm see, like, what the listeners can't see is I'm looking at a man sitting in front of a load of rock wool or something. Yes, exactly that, yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. Literally sat in front of a stack of insulation. Yeah. That's how much you love banging on about insulation. Yeah. Who's got it to hand as a prop? Well, <laughs> I mean... That you don't stack, like actually putting it that in. That stack <laughs> should be in the ceiling, in the roof, um, but it isn't. Right. Uh, and as winter approaches, I think the incentives to get that particular job finished are going to increase. Uh, it's, yes, I bloody love insulation. It's not a... Uh, 
I know it's not interesting, but Christ, we've come this far in this episode without being interesting. I don't see why we should start now. Look, there is a reason why. I heard someone from Insulate Britain on the radio today. What's that? Insulate Britain is an offshoot of Extinction Rebellion. That is doing protests in the UK. Is that like an off-gem? Yes. It's the football regulator. That's right, yeah. (laughs) Offshoot. That's a good joke. Thanks. Um, What was I saying? Yeah, look, some protesters have, I think, eight times now uh, managed to uh, basically glue themselves to the road on England's busiest road, which is the the road that goes all the way around the outskirts of London called the M25, and uh, to stop traffic. And they hold banners saying insulate Britain. And they are saying that, look, this is the most important thing that the government should be doing to tackle the climate crisis. And it's appalling that they're not. And it's appalling that by not doing it, not only are they buggering up the planet, but they're buggering up people's ability to stay warm and stay alive in some cases, and that they should Mm. do it. And lots of motorists are getting very cross because they say, don't you dare get in my bloody way. And the radio people will go and find someone. They will find someone who was on their way to a funeral or something and say to the protesters, are you happy now? Are you happy that such and such didn't get to bury their dead granny? And of course, that's an impossible thing to answer. And all of this is played out again and again and again. But I think they are broadly doing a very good job here. And I think they've got lucky timing-wise because they started this before the gas, gas crisis really kicked off. But, you know, how can you argue with the fact that we in the UK with the worst, leakiest housing stock in Europe uh, should be bloody insulating them and the government hasn't? Do you know how much insulation has, levels have dropped since 2012? Oh, are we lagging? Very good, Dave. We are lagging. Since 2012, rates of insulation in the UK, in England certainly, have dropped by 95%. Yes, yeah, so the only thing around here that's dropped by 95%. Can we talk about something else? We haven't even talked about everyone buying all the petrol because they're worried it'll run out. They don't, even though the petrol isn't going to run out unless everyone buys it, which they are, so it is. Go on then, let's talk about that. Hello there, my name is Crichton2x4b523p, such a jerky middle name, and you are listening to Sustainababble. Panic on the streets of London, panic on the streets of Birmingham, I wonder to myself, could life ever be saved? This is humans being simultaneously clever and stupid, is what this is. Yes, fair point. It's it is kind of fascinating to watch and depressing to watch at the same time because you're like we are we're rats no we're no, we're not with bags of water we're not don't even use rats. rat as an insult yeah. <laughs> we haven't played that for a while if have you we? gain weight from too much chow I will never call you a cow I respect you and cows don't use cow as an insult if you eat every single fig I will never we call are bags of water what the bags of water with um, cars yeah yeah. It's fascinating to watch it. Like, I don't, are you on a kind of um, a WhatsApp group for your local neighbourhood? Ah, oh, my bollocks! No way. I went on. Uh, I was on the Crystal Palace local Facebook group for all of about ten seconds. My missus is on it all the time. She can't get enough of it. But like, I, I, I mean, they're quite good. Be... They're quite good drama. Like, if if you oh, if you want no. to just be detached from them, sit back and watch people implode it's quite it's quite good but so you're on a whatsapp group for where you live local then. yeah and it's just our, our like our street and live it's... them local 
Uh, yeah, although I think we're in, I think there's a little bit of a rebellious Labour enclave around us, actually. Oh, Don't Um But, yeah, people, uh, all the chat, all the chat has been about where petrol stations uh, have got petrol. Sainsbury's has got some. Morrison's, go Morrison's! Waitrose, Waitrose, Waitrose! And that's literally what people are doing. They're, they're yep. piling into their yep. SUVs and going off. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, where I live, there are... Uh, an appalling number of SUVs, but um, well, friend of the friend of the babble, Leo Murray said, can, "Surely it can't just be because we're sensitised to it that whenever you see the images of cars queuing to go into petrol stations, a lot of them seem to be SUVs." And he was asking on Twitter why that is. To which the only conclusion you could reach is that those people are more likely to freak out about not having petrol for five minutes, isn't it? Uh, I I just think a massive proportion of cars are SUVs now. Really? Yeah. Oh. They're insanely popular and it's it's just really depressing. The best SUVs are models that are three to five years old, cars with a lot of life still left in them that can be had for a bargain. The Honda Pilot... Um, well so look, sure. what's happening is nothing appears to freak out the UK public more than the prospect of not having petrol to put in their cars. You will remember all about 21 years ago, something like that, when there was the last time the UK had a petrol pump crisis, if you remember that, under Tony Blair. And it was the only time, if I recall correctly, I may mangle this stat a little bit, but I think it was the only time that the popularity of Tony Blair dipped below the popularity of the opposition leader while Tony Blair was Prime Minister at that time. And this is the only time, again, I think this is right. This is basically right. I've got something basically right here. Is the only time that Boris Johnson's popularity has dipped below the popularity of the opposition leader. Exactly the same time is when you can't get some petrol and you have to queue for it. How about that? I mean, it is fundamental. And you've got got to remember, and I occasionally got pulled up on this on interviews with Inhofs, Everyone we talk to, like in our little bubble, mm. rides around in their bike or their cargo bike or their e-scooter or whatever and takes public transport and walks and does all the right hippie things and yeah. thinks of cars as just another sort of thing which is out there. A thing there you that, use that, when, you, when you occasionally need to and which yeah. otherwise will squash you. Exactly. And that's not really <laughs> how the world is. No, no. Uh, I think no. there are 37 million private cars in the UK. Crikey. And it's how the vast majority of people get to work, right? Yeah, of course and it I is. And like, you know, I have, there was somebody on our WhatsApp group did what I thought was the unwise thing of piping up with, why don't you just take the bike? And I, I, it wasn't me. And there was absolutely no way I was going to say that. Uh, and I thought it. And, and actually the person responded, I thought, very reasonably. It was just like, well, I I did actually take my bike, um, but it was raining so hard I had to turn around and come back um, and I was carrying too much stuff. And, I mean, most people would have told that person to sod off because the car is how you get places. So if you can't get petrol, you panic. Have you ever of driven course. around when you've, when you've realised you're running out of petrol and you don't know where the next petrol station is? No. Well, it is a panicky thing. It's a panicky thing. So I do understand why it's kind of fundamental to people. Um, but I also just, there's something just weird about watching all of these people using petrol to go and sit in a queue for hours mm. in order to get petrol 
to drive home with. I know. Well, again, what would the Martian make of it? A friend of mine uh, who I love very much put a thing on Facebook earlier today going, uh, I haven't got enough petrol to get to the petrol station to queue to get some petrol. So can, so can come, somebody who's going to a petrol station anyway, please take a little can and put some petrol in the can and bring it to me in their car so that I can then go and get some petrol to put in my car. <laughs> and the Martian would go... This is how you're choosing to do things, is it? Like this. You're choosing to do it like this. You could do it other ways, but you're choosing to do it like this. And people go, yeah, yeah, that's it. Look, there is a legitimate problem going on here, right? I'm going to read out my long paragraph, and if I get to the end of this without coughing, I'll be doing very well. Oh, this legitimate is the paragraph thing... that doesn't have any full stops in it, isn't it? Yes. Shut up and listen. Play oh, the Dave's going to talk, and yeah. you're going to pay attention to mm. music. Play that. Right, there is a legitimate problem going on here, right? Which is that there are not enough HGV drivers. HGVs, a heavy goods vehicle, big lorry. All sorts of reasons for that. One of the main ones being it's a poorly paid job with shit conditions, riddled with bureaucracy, but it underpins the entire UK economy. And it turns out we were massively reliant on some poor sods from Europe coming in and doing it for us for far less money than the 100,000 of us seem to want to do it for. Which I have to say, when you think about it, is not really an endorsement of the moral foundations of the post-Brexit economy. But there you go. The point is, now they've sodded off and quite frankly, who can blame them? But the government has been so busy failing to keep the pandemic under control, it simply forgot to bring in these or waivers or similar to persuade them to stay. And so here we are, there's an awful lot of horse bolting and stable closing going on. And then the question which I dare say all is about to twat on about, which is what kind of economy is it anyway that is so richly propped up shipping shit people don't need in such an unfathomable and pointless volume that has to be done by people who can't afford really to live in this country unless they spend 15 hours a day in a cab. And why can't everyone stop driving petrol cars, all wheel say, and switch to electrical, better still just ride their bikes everywhere and then problem solved. So what we need is to smash capitalism and place it with a new economy which trades cattles and nothing more material than that. Petrol's running out, but it isn't really running out, but now it is running out. There's not really no, a No, it problem. is running out. Well, this a bit, is the other, a bit, a bit, this a bit. Is the other thing you're wrong about. Uh. Is that like... <sighs> a bit, it, a bit. There is a bit of a petrol shortage, right? Right, look, here's what happened. At the end, of, so we're recording on the Thursday, right? At the end of last week, BP said it would have to close some of its petrol stations because it didn't have fuel at its forecourts, right? Right. And then, like, the government went and said, oh, well, it's fine, we've got the fuel, it's in the country. Right. It's just not at the forecourt. So there's not a petrol shortage. Which is not much use to any drivers. Oh, it's in. Oh, it's fine. Some. It's somewhere in the country. Oh, I needn't worry then. All right. Okay. Fine. Yes. Okay. Fine. Fine. But it's exacerbated by just like the bog roll thing at the start of the pandemic. It's exacerbated by the one way to guarantee that you get a shortage of something is telling people there's a shortage of it because then they go out and they and they yes. snaffle it. Yes. Right. So it's exacerbated by that. And if everybody just calmed the shit down and only put a little bit of petrol in their car when they needed it, then probably things would be all right-ish in the scheme of things. Right? Yes. But you remember we have talked repeatedly recently about big boy politics, right? We talked about this in that episode about North Sea that we did, episode 200-something, six, I think it was, um, which is like there are some things that when, you, when you're in the world of going, oh, the government should do something about climate change, there's some stuff that determines the extent to which they take that seriously. And it isn't, do they think climate change is important? It is like, what are Russia doing? And, yeah. you know, what is the economy yeah. doing? And what what is the really important stuff going on? And one of the things that I reckon is possibly the biggest boy politics of all in the way that we have chosen to run our economy for the last 40 years is how close are people to en masse irrationally freaking out about something? Or rationally freaking out about something like what? Like are people basically collectively keeping their shit together from consumer consumer point of view, right? And yeah. I think a huge chunk of modern government in 
the year 2021 in this country is about just getting consumers ticking along and carrying on being happy little consumers and not freaking out. Because, as the late great Terry Pratchett, amongst others, wrote quite often, the mass, a mass of panicking consumers is a very scary thing. That can topple governments and can very quickly make yeah. things go weird. Oh. And some's have gone weird. Schadenfreude of the week. Right, uh, Schadenfreude time. Yes. Uh, now, where were we? So we were talking about environmentalists, and I want to talk about environmentalists mm. uh, because they've been accused of doing a thing which isn't funny. It's not funny. We don't. The babble very, does not approve. I want to be very clear about that. Very this clear. is a thing that Dave and I don't. find not funny. We don't endorse it. We'll be nope. very disappointed if this happens to anyone else. Yeah. Don't tell us yeah. about it. We don't want to know. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> However. It's, yeah, it's beneath you all. Now, what happened in an unfunny way is that the boss of an industry lobby group called Fair Fuel UK. Oh, those guys. Who I've mentioned before on this podcast. Haven't you been on big media times. talking to them? Haven't you had a, yes, you my, had a my, in my a tie one, with one of them? Yeah, my one moment of uh, doing a terrifying big media thing was me having an argument with one of them. Actually, one of them who has recently quit. Yes, Quentin because, Wilson, yes. Yeah, yes, Quentin Wilson, yes. you, you, you who cured for him. a long time was the spokesperson for uh, Fairfield UK. Even he thinks they're too and bonkers. Now even he yeah. thinks they're a bunch of inhofs and has quit because of their being a bunch of inhofs. Anyway, their boss um, has been doing all sorts of inhoffy things. He's he like he's on Twitter. He's awful. He does. He makes it Howard his, Cox. Yes, his main purpose to just sort of be anti-cyclist and be horrible about cyclists and all whatever. Anyway, 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 somebody, someone. This is not funny. And it's not funny that this happened, but somebody at some point quite recently went on Google Maps and said that his house in Kent was a petrol station. And you'll have, <laughs> you'll have noticed that petrol stations are places that people have taken quite a lot of interest in recently and are going to and are ringing up a lot um, to ask if they've got petrol. And if that was some sort of joke, it's not a funny joke, and I, I, I don't think it's funny at all that that happened. And and uh, Howard Cox agrees with me because he he said it has to be an environmentalist. The people who are laughing their socks off are mainly cyclists. I've locked a lot of them. If I can find him, I'm assuming it's a him. I'm not quite sure I can control my actions. I'm convinced it's a militant cyclist. I, no cyclist that I know of would find that funny. No. So don't do it. No. How many calls did he get from people asking about petrol? Something like 70. In the middle of the night and stuff. Something, yeah, which is not funny. No. Right, that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for babbling and for understanding gas and shit. Well, I probably got it all wrong. I'm sure we should be deluged with a letter telling us why I got it wrong. But yeah, 
do write to us let us know what you think about the whole thing uh, yeah we are on the email at hello at sustainababble.fish you can find us on the twitter just search for babble wagon and we're on the facebook at sustainababble yeah no Is that right? oh, well so sort of, of. <laughs> yeah. yeah good you know I mean yeah uh, thank you uh, as ever to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music. <laughs> I got <coughs> coffee. I'll, I'll carry on. Thank, thanks, Dickie, for the music that begins, ends, and intertwinkles this podcast. Do check out his band Bearcraft, uh, who are ace. Thank you also to Artist Oval, who does the logo, what adorns our website, and other things on which you can clickety click. Uh, your way to finding a T-shirt to adorn yourself with. It is so nearly Christmas, you wouldn't believe. And what with gas prices and petrol shortages, <clears throat> you know, it might be cancelled. So get your Babble t-shirts ordered soon and then you won't disappoint your family any more than your personality affords. Now, uh, oh, and, and thank you to Arabella oh, for yes. so nobly reading out the eco guff. Welcome back to the Babble Fold, Arabella. Welcome back. Right. We are a listener-funded podcast, which means we need your cash. Thank you very much to everyone who gives this year cash. We love you, and it means you get a few little extra perks, including potentially something uh, coming up which was recorded a while back and then not recorded and then recorded again. So you never know. Things like that, little bits of unheard babble. Uh, and if you want to join those people, you can do so by going to www.patreon.com forward slash sustainable that's patreon for anyone who can't spell uh, we are recording this on international podcast day and please do remember that international podcast podcasting in general is being taken over by corporates and celebrities no, the man it's the man. Taken over by the man yeah and and apple subscription this and ronan keating that and we <laughs> your little babble has been at this for six and a half years by itself without any faceless behemoth behind it apart from all and we need your support as does my other podcast your brain on climate which is a new indie podcast all about psychology versus the climate crisis you can check that out uh, by going to yourbrainonclimate.com which is also available in, oh yes I? right connections going this is a disaster um i'm going now bye bye, bye.